The McElroy brothers are not experts, and their advice should never be followed. Travis insists he's a sexpert, but if there's a degree on his wall, I haven't seen it. Also, this show isn't for kids, which I mention only so the babies out there will know how cool they are for listening. What's up, you cool baby? Feels Starting next month, two of my friends and I will be moving into a new house together. Each of us will have our own bedroom, but there's an extra medium-sized room downstairs that no one will be using. The room has no egress window, so we don't mm-hmm. want to make it into a bedroom. Got some code issues there. Dig it. But we're at a loss for what we should do with it. I was hoping the brothers could come give us ideas about what we could do with this extra space. Any thoughts? That's from Mini Problem in Minneapolis. P.S. For what it's worth, we're all guys. Hot guys? Guys. Sincerely, Chad, Brad, and Blaze. <laughs> Did you say Blizz? Three and Blizz. Three hot bros: Blizz, Blaze, and Blonts. <laughs> Just kidding. Two Blonts is the goofy one. Yeah, the goofy, but, but it's still, still so super hot. fucking hot. Incredibly oh, gorgeous. Great work, Blonts. Um, <laughs> Blonts. He's Blunts. Austrian. Guys, I didn't know. I didn't know egress windows were a thing. Because when the first apartment we lived in, in the 13th story, which is great, just for starters, just in terms of fiery luck, um, we made Eric sleep in that one room that didn't have any windows in it. <laughs> I think once you're on the 13th floor, Griffin, you don't have to worry about egress windows. Yeah, I don't think that's going to do you much good at that point. So how about this? Lock the door to said room after filling it with like f- like child's bedroom furniture that you've covered in dust and cobwebs. <laughs> You're just leaving a little surprise for the next person that tries to remodel this place. Every time your friends come over, we go, oh, you- I want a tour of your house. Like, yeah, this is the kitchen. Here's the living room. Our bedroom's upstairs. What's in that room? We don't go in there. We don't, don't go in that room. Go in there anymore. Not since the boat accident. <laughs> Can you, to make this the longest and best con, Travis, you just took that idea to 10. I'm about to take it just a little bit farther to 11. Can you wallpaper over the door to that room? Because then nobody's <laughs> gonna then nobody's gonna find it for 40 goddamn years, and it's gonna have a level of authenticity at that point that I think Ooh, is just And then be- in the center of the room, copy of Jumanji. Oh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Wait a minute. The, the movie. No, you lost me. <laughs> That's great. That's real great. That's too funny. Um, That can be where you smoke all your pot. <laughs> That's always important. Po- drug room? This drug room. This is our drug room. Pull. The laziest panic room. Just go in there. <laughs> Close the door. Hey, dude, this is tricky because I've I've worked from home for a long time, um, and in a couple of places, including like the house that I I now own with my wife. Uh, one of the bedrooms is where I sleep, and the other one is where I work because it's my office. And it's like I get two rooms. That doesn't really seem fair. That doesn't really seem like an equitable situation. You could trade off and say, like, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the room can be whatever guy A wants. But then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, it's whatever guy B wants. And then Sunday, you share it free-for-all party room. If you guys had an extra room in the houses you live in now, what would you do with it? Yoga studio. Did you say yogurt studio? Because then maybe. (laughs) Yeah, it's where I paint yogurt. Um, I think, gosh, I don't know. We just did like a big purge of all our our stuff. We had one extra room, and that that was for the kids. So I guess I don't have any extra rooms anymore now. I don't know what I would do with it. Maybe like just a more storage. Oh man, oh, you really shot the cannon Here's indoors with that do. one. Here's what I would do. Okay. 
I'd put a bunch of newspaper clippings and pictures of people around town on the wall. All right. And then with thumbtacks and pieces of string, yes. connect all of them. Absolutely. With like certain people's faces. I have always faces wanted a room circled. like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like, what does it all mean? Where'd the money go? What what happened with the case? You know, just all over it. Um, that's just there for people to walk into and go, what? What is? And like, I, I've almost got it. I've almost got it. It's, it's, it's right there on the tip of my tongue. I've almost solved it. And then usher them out of the room. So basically, Travis, you want an all-purpose goof room. <laughs> yeah. I want like a room of requirement that every time you open the door, it's a different punchline to a joke. Sure. Okay. And a team of people that changes it out betwixt the goofs. Okay. And they live there. Can we just please have a bedroom here? Please? You call us <laughs> no, in honey. here. To- no, you can't. <laughs> this is our all-purpose goof room. We will sleep on the inflatable mattress in the dining room. Because that's... <laughs> I mean, we gotta have our goofs. <laughs> what are, we're human. We're human. What are we supposed to do? Not goof. We're human. Humans go- have to goof. Humans gotta goof. Always be goofing. That's us. I work on a history ship. No ghosts. Sorry. Now, to be fair, Justin, it does a historic ship, not a history. <laughs> Hop along on my history ship. We're going back to 1512. <laughs> What's up in 1512? Nothing. It sucks. Hop on the boat. Here comes the time dock. <laughs> oh, shit. We missed the time, time to dock. Time to pay your fees to it's, disembark. We missed the time dock. Now it's 1314. It gets worse as you go back. Now we're going to charge you all a premium for the smallpox vaccine. That's how they get you on history time ship. That's how they extort you on the history ship. I work on a historic ship. No ghosts. Sorry. Prove that. And also that you can see and that have made them their presence known. Yeah. I mean, let's let's qualify a little bit. They're all uh, around us. I also live in one of the state rooms that used to be officer's quarters. The deal is that I live here for free as long as I agree to be the after-hours security guard. The problem is I have a hard time kicking people off who snuck on late at night. I'm not a naturally intimidating person. I'm a young, early 20s woman, usually very cheerful, sort of plump, and I like nearly everyone I meet. What are some things I can do to scare trespassers so they'll get lost without putting up a fight? And that's from Um, Scarcely Scary Sailor. Your last sentence sentence is answered by your first one. Yes. A thousand times yes. You have to pretend to ghost. You You gotta ghost them. You have to ghost them. Just, oh, a- all you have to do, walk up in like oh, like a old timey dress and say like, "Have you seen my child?" Oh and they my god! Run away! Ooh, ooh. Oh god, Travis, you just put a chill up my spine. Yeah, ghost- right. A ghostly NBA chill. NBA chillers. Oof. Have you seen Oof. my husband? Oof. He said he'd made me into lifeboats. Oh, 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 oh tropic chillers. I'm cold. I that ate sucks. some bad shrimp at the buffet. Oh no, I've had the norovirus for three days. <laughs> I don't have any fluid in my body or my bowels. Boop. I, I booped everywhere. <laughs> the porter lost my trunk. That's not ectoplasm. It's my gushing diarrhea again. Oh no, I've got to go by. <sighs> I, uh, what if you, what if you are too good is my worry. And they stab you because they don't know how ghosts work. And they bust you. No, and they, no, they call the Ghostbusters. Here's Uh my question, okay? Uh You're a very convincing ghost. Yeah. All right? The Ghostbusters show up to bust you. Mm -hmm. You tell them, oh, sorry, I understand the confusion. I'm a human pretending to be a ghost. I'm ghost catfishing. I'm ghost fishing. They say, ha ha, ghost. Oldest trick in the book. You don't think Slimer trying that shit? We've tried this one. We've seen this one many, many times before. You are a ghost. Busta makes me feel good. Add it up. When they, black. And, and those proton beams? Those uh, those don't just like make you twirl around and, when, and sparks shoot off of you. Those no. will lave you in half. Okay, so we can all agree that there is a circumstance in which the Ghostbusters have accidentally murdered people. Almost certainly. Almost certainly. Somebody tries to break into the bus, Bustin HQ late at night, and and Winston's jumpy. He's like, whoa, who's that? And then uh, he opens his bedroom door, blast. Oops, 
Oops, sorry. I, Shit. Now, why I would you jump ghost. on J Winston, who is my favorite Ghostbuster? Yeah, yeah Justin, you want to explain that? Uh, why? I just, I thought he might be near the front door. Makes sense. I don't know, because he was the last Ghostbuster, so he would have the last Oh, so he got the bed. So yeah. he his bed, right. Everybody else wants to be on the second floor, above, so they can use the pole. You know, and they know immediately when they fucked up, too, right? Because you kill, you kill the woman, <laughs> and then she's just there again, but in a different form. Now you do need to bust that, because she she has been murdered in a horrible manner. And well, you're then it have just goes down in the books as a preemptive busting. Yeah, that's a good point, Travis. It's a mm -hmm. causal busting, <laughs> not premeditated. Not premeditated, no. accidental causal busting. Uh, so we hope you. You know what? Uh, you don't need to scare people off. Just be cool. Listen, honest to God, I've never snuck into anything ever. But I can imagine that if I snuck onto something and somebody with a flashlight, period, were to say, hey, get off. I'd be like, oh, yep, 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 yep. You Curse, got that, cursing I'm, a lot is good, too. That one's on me. I'm not supposed to be here, and I recognize that. I am if, a, a dork. Yeah, it seems weird that people wouldn't just, like, leave. I don't know. I would be so frightened. I, is there anyone who tries to argue, like, no, I'm, I'm supposed to be here? I'm on the list. <laughs> I'm on the historic boat list, if you could take a look. I just think you throw a good throaty curse at them, and they're gonzo. What's more scary if somebody shines a flashlight on you in a place you're not supposed to be and is like, hey, get out of here. Or like, hey, get the fuck out of here. You're gone. You've vanished. You're out. You're done. Uh, I'll eat your fucking eyeballs. I assume they hired a Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah. No noise that scary could come from That they human. captured, they took the history shit back in time to mm -hmm. when Frankenstein was. And they alive. captured him. 1991. <laughs> <laughs> you all remember that, right? You guys all you remember, remember that. You remember when, you remember when uh, Frankenstein had that hit song, I'm Too Sexy, for my shirt, right? <laughs> that's, how you know, that's how you know you were a child in the 90s. You remember when Frankenstein was alive. It's one reason to know if you were a child in the 90s, Frankenstein <laughs> killed your sister. <laughs> I will say that kicking it at Cheesecake Factory on Sunday morning... Uh, the day of the morning of my brother's wedding, which was kind of a weird experience for me. I was the most dressed up anyone's ever been inside a Cheesecake Factory ever. Um, felt a little bit out of place, a little bit fish out of water. Was that before or after I made you drive back to my house to get my special Travis wedding Travis made us pants? get his special wedding night underwear. And I had to look at them. I had to get them. <laughs> I had to get them from the underwear spot where he kept all of the things. And I had to get it. And I touched them. To, he had to acknowledge that they existed. I had to. I had to. Okay, here's the order. I learned about <laughs> them. I said that's terrible. Then I learned that I would have to retrieve, touch, know, feel, <laughs> believe, hold, grasp, acknowledge, become, <laughs> embrace, absorb. And now you guys are doing that at home. They were silky as fuck. No, they were thing. silky and they were black and they were kind of black. Just a little bit sheer. Just a little bit sheer. So I, just a, just like I'm a little bit dead now. I acknowledged that they existed. I had to touch and them. And my balls went into Thought them. about Travis. <laughs> thought about Travis's balls, how they would feel inside of them. They had to acknowledge amazing. the moment where Travis decided to get special wedding underwear, then go to a store, possibly with his bride-to-be. <laughs> had to think, had to learn a lot no, about Travis's of an impulse buy. It was a lot more of an impulse buy where I looked at it and said, you know, that's going to feel real good. I had to learn a day. lot about Teresa that I didn't know and the things that she prefers there, around there. Terrific. Best wedding ever. Here, let me rewrite all of my best man speech because I have new fucking subjects that I need to address. I I'm do. Gonna, I oh, do. wait. I'm going to go pop up mu behind, the, behind the music for a minute. Don't say pop like, up. Pop up video behind the music. I bought the wedding underpants not for a sexy bent, but because I knew the silky smooth material okay. would prevent any chafing day of, which I, I didn't want to deal with as I'm walking down the aisle. I need walk to a call bullshit on you, Travis. Uh... The, the decision to buy special sexy wedding underwear may have been an impulse buy. The, the, the decision to send your brother to go get your special wedding was intentional. Okay, that was intentional, and it was malicious. <laughs> it was a combination of because I knew that if I didn't, I would think about it all day because that's the way my brain works. Like, oh, well, my so one you'd rather I think about it all day. And then two, all life. It was funny to me <laughs> to make Griffin do. Yeah, it sure was. I guess <laughs> your Keats in here, man. You sit here wherever you want to go get your special wedding underwear. <laughs>
But now it's it's kind of nice because for the times like when we get sick or one of us is ill and we move the TV into the bedroom, it really does become an anchor. Oh, that, yeah. Like, keeps you in bed or brings you to bed early and you don't really do a lot of shit. At least in the living room, you do more stuff. Like I can work on the computer while the TV's on or I feel like at least I'm what about sitting up or walking what around. What about the terrifying what, the what if it creeps? Should... What if the darkness creeps up on you while you're in your bedroom and you're trying to get dressed? Like what do you do then? I sing a little song to myself about how lucky I am to be alive. <laughs> okay. How's that go? How's, How's that, that song go? go? Is like, thank God I'm not dead okay. because the world would be empty without me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it usually kind of then devolves from there into how awesome about I am. how great you are. Yeah, sure. Sure. Boy, I think we're all pretty lucky. Travis is still kicking. I just assume everyone sings a song like that. Thank you, nice God, like for Travis. Travis. <laughs> Where would I be He's with the sun that? in the sky and the stars at night? Who guides me home <laughs> on the choppy seas? Thank Jesus for Travis. Travis is Jesus. And then just kind of keep going. <laughs> Thank Travis for Travis, his all-seeing power. Thanks, Travis, for Travis. <laughs> Wait, people don't write enough hymns about themselves, you know? <laughs> Open oh, up I to the first stanza of hymn 341. <laughs> Thank Travis for Travis, and Travis is Travis. Our hearts are all Travis, and brains are Travis, too. Third stanza. Oh, oh man. I need some Thank Travis for Travis uh, propaganda posters. Um... <laughs> you know, Travis, I, I feel like there's been this narrative among some of our listenership that you don't get the respect that you deserve on this show. So, like, I'm all about, like, I don't know, canonizing you. Don't I also, don't I also want to point like, out one of the reasons that happens is I don't really need it. I take care of that on my own. Yeah. yeah the, the other thing is, like, that it is a little bit of that on Travis goes quite a long way. <laughs> so a, visit travismacroy.com. A little dabble for all your do Travis you. McElroy needs. In a moment of weakness and lacking insight from the brothers wise, I agreed to let my nephew move into my basement. He's in a band. He pays no rent, eats all our food, leaves messes, and generally acts like a 14-year-old. How can I get him to pack up his bags and move away? That's from Carl the grumpy old man in Lincoln, Nebraska. Is he 14 years old? That's a really good question. I don't understand how all this lines up. Okay, there's a if he's 32, yeah. this is a much different question than if he's like 19. You know, it, it's so rare that you get to to do something nice for somebody like this. You you could I could connive a few ways for you to get rid of him. You know, like I mean, there's fake ghosts, fake mm -hmm. haunting. The basis exactly haunted. That's easy. Uh, you flooding. could gaslight them. Gaslight them. That's another just one. every day. Remove one article of something from their room and put it like in storage, or move it to an apartment. This is gonna be a really long term plan, but like just mm -hmm. one sock, you know, on Monday, and then like a, a, a CD on Tuesday, and just slowly move them out of the house. Can you start an even louder band on the top floor? Do you know what I mean? Like if he's if he's rocking all day and night on his his strat. Then maybe you buy an even bigger Marshall stack, point that towards the ground, and just start like laying down some like kidney stone rattling bass riffs. Oh, I love this! And if it, whatever their band is called, you call your band that, but bigger, right? So yeah. if his band is Perfect Death, it was like we're Perfect Death, er, er, what's um, more Perfect Death? And then you get incredibly popular. You buy oh. him his own house there behind your house. Oh, You're no, gonna have you to entourage this shit. Why would you want it if you went through all the trouble of buying him another house? Mm -hmm. You don't to have get enough money to buy another plot of land, so you can only build him a small dollhouse in your. Plus, in, you still love him. You don't want him to be. You too love far him. Away. You don't want to be too far away. Plus, but you will have you will have a witch cast a spell on him to make uh -huh. him little enough to live in a dollhouse. Basically, this is this is called the candor. Is what is what we have. You put him in a bottle city that mm -hmm. you keep in your den. Why have you not? told him to stop being a dipshit. Yeah. I mean, life has to tell you that. You know, the guy who owns your house gets to tell you that, I'm pretty sure. Like, our dad always told us when we were being idiots, you're his dad now, because you, you own the house Correct. Have you're you his never dad right seen, now. like, any sitcom in which, like, a non-direct family member or friend moves in? You, you now are responsible for them like a parent. That's what the you, Matthews did for Corey. Oh, sorry, Sean. 
Corey was their son. Or like in in uh, Step by Step, I believe it was Cody and then Flash. You got to treat even, them like even you're, better. they're your child. Fresh Prince of Bel Air. There you go. You've got you're the Uncle Phil to his uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. You got to Uncle Phil him with your love. But Uncle you kind of want to have him grow. Sounds sounds to me like you want to DJ Jazzy Jeff. That's what you okay. This is the conversation you sit down and say you need to make a decision right now. Are you going to be my Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Are you going to be my DJ Jazzy Jeff? I'm I can and if he doesn't get either. the reference, out he goes. Out he goes. He's obviously a Jeff. This is what I'm saying. It, it is Will Smith. The I think Fresh Will was his name just Will in the show. It yeah. was. Yeah, that's some bullshit. He couldn't. It was he couldn't Will, remember it was any other William characters. William Inium. That was his name. Mm-hmm. Um. William Inium represented a, a pretty tremendous, you go back and watch that show, pretty tremendous amount of character growth mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. throughout the run of Fresh Prince. DJ Jazzy was was almost belligerently stagnant. <laughs> well, to be fair, he was thrown on his head several times. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I there definitely is a physiological element to it. I'm just saying that DJ Jazzy by the end, in the series finale, they're like, we're going to go to college now. And he was like, I just want to party all night long. And then he puts on Lionel Richie's all night long because he's like fucking stuck. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. He, has no, he has no opportunity he, for that. He has nothing. Also, did he ever DJ on that show fucking once? Ever? I don't, ever? I don't I, think so. I believe he did. There is a an episode in which Will rents out the house for a music video. And I believe DJ Jazzy Jeff sneaks in and he's doing a little mixing. On the old okay. ones and twos. That's fun. And that's a fun. fun. That's a fun episode. How no. how frustrating must it be to be a genuine, like, actual musical artist, but for a, a generation of white people, you are that guy that got thrown out of the house. <laughs> like, no, I, I had, like, a whole career before this. You go, oh, God damn it. And um, before we get right in, I just remembered that I believe it was uh, not Will that rented out the house. He was trying to stop it from happening. In fact, Carlton rented out the house. Uh, that seems trying. not like Carlton. <sighs> See, now I was that, was that the same break? episode? Was that the same episode where Carlton bought a gun? <laughs> That's a good one. Dude, that was a real good one. That was Carlton's like Breaking Bad, the entire series in one episode for him. The best episode, I think, is the one where Will has to convince Carlton that racism exists. Did you guys ever I see, do remember that. Driving, yeah. He was driving slowly and he got pulled over and he thought it's because he was driving so slowly. And Will Smith is like, no, racism exists. And it blows Carlton's mind because he's never experienced it before in his life. <laughs> no, that's like a that's not like a fun. That's not like a laugh a minute episode. That's it's not. Like a, it goes like really hard. It's it actually hard pretty. Heavy. They go fucking hard on that show. We give that show. I'm shit. just saying that we like, goof. We goof about that show because it's called Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and there's a character on it called DJ Jazzy (laughs) Jeff. They tackle some fucking heady, heady subjects. There's an amazing episode in which Will goes off about, like, his dad leaving. It's, oh, yeah. Will rock you to your very core. I have a problem with speaking up. I frequently have to repeat myself, and people often tell me that I talk too quietly. When I increase the volume, it feels like I'm yelling or that my voice takes on an unpleasant or harsh tone. What can I do to make sure that I'm being heard without feeling as though I'm shouting in people's faces? That's from Whispering in Wisconsin. Oh, I know that problem. No, you don't know no, that No, no, no. Here's the thing. Surprising to most, I, while I am very loud and verbose when like telling a story or a joke or entertaining people. Or ordering food at a restaurant or... But here's uh, the thing. I, half the time, I mumble out my order. Or half the time, if I want to ask somebody a question, I don't like enunciate i say it really quiet and kind of mumbly and it's either one of those two is i'm either super loud or like really awkward and quiet and mumbly and teresa calls me on this all the time and it's like there is no middle ground for me yeah you never sound normal yeah no never not really i'm surprised you you have found a a fair amount of success i would say in this audio only medium while i have the microphone turned down to one percent yeah and even now, like even now, when you said percent, you're popping your plosives, you're yeah. shouting. You don't even know that you're shouting right now, but the people are listening. Like, is he mad at me? This is not a fun podcast listening experience for me. Travis is basically three quarters of the way to an SNL character. That right. correct. I mean, it looks like Chris Kattan. That's not fair, Travis. I'm sorry I said that. No, you I grew used a to. whole not beard. Anymore. You got a whole beard going on. He can't grow a beard. Yeah. Just take that, not, Kattan. Not since the fire. 
Just talk a little louder. You guys don't need us for these. No, here's the thing. No, here's the thing. I think there's an... uh, I can infer a problem here. And I think the problem is not that they're jumping from, like, quiet to loud. It's that when he speaks at a normal volume, or she speaks at a normal volume, they feel loud. Which I think that that point is more of a self-confidence about either your speaking voice, because you feel like it's harsh and unpleasant... Or you feel like you're yelling and being boisterous. I think that it, it comes from an inherent fear of voicing your opinions and saying what you need. Let me help you out here. Your problem is that you're you're yelling from your your head. You need it. Where's your power? A lot of people ask me that. Justin, where's my power? In my vagina. Okay. Uh, it's it's down deep in your diaphragm. That's where you got to push the sound from. Right now, you can't see it. But I've got uh, several leather restraints wrapped around my stomach to help me uh, remember to always be pushing air out of my diaphragm. I literally have no room to exhale. I'm waiting until after the show to exhale. Right. You got to wait to exhale. I'm uh, waiting to exhale. Correct. Right. Uh, they're also there for sex stuff. They're sex stuff related adjacent. They're sex adjacent, I would say. Yeah. They're sex adjacent. It's things. amazing. Those two things don't have to be mutually exclu- exclusive. It can both be good for your support and mm-hmm. for your sex stuff. This helps yeah. me talk good in public and also the chafing does things vis-a-vis boners. Mm-hmm. That so, is a yeah. You know, sex stuff. Sex that stuff. is a good point, though, because uh, you learn in theater the ability to, like, support and not yell. Like, you can you project go. and you that's can be confident about. without, like, yelling to the back of the theater. So I think that's it. Just support yourself with air. Feel confident in what you say. Yeah. Let, me, uh, let, me, let me perform a quick demonstration. Terrific. Okay. I can't wait for this. <laughs> this is me speaking with my normal voice. You can hear uh, all of this sound is coming from my mouth. And mm-hmm. my neck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sh- the that- shit in your neck meat that makes the yeah, sound waves. My neck meat is filtering the sound waves out right. through what scientists call s- the, the shout hole. Your, the your, moist, your moist cords are slapping together like two fishes thrown together at a fish market. So this is just my normal. This is all with, without any other support. Yeah. And now I'm talking with my diaphragm. You can hear clear difference. Oh, Justin, I'm in the back of the theater. I'm in the back of the theater, and I'm hearing every word of that. Why does your diaphragm have an accent? Uh, It's just from the sound being pushed out. (laughs) I disagree. Oh, oh, that's painful. Yeah. I think I can squeeze in one more. (laughs) It hurts to act. That's why they pay them so much. It's not easy. Hey everyone, it's Griffin, and I'm here to tell you about some stuff, important stuff, like ZipRecruiter. You know how they do jobs? Well, no. You have the jobs, ZipRecruiter is the one that finds the people for the jobs. Or maybe you're the people looking for the jobs and you find the jobs. Anyway, ZipRecruiter, you can find the perfect candidate for you for you, for your business. They got this thing called Invite to Apply where you look at some folks and you're like, ooh, they got the skills that I need for, to synergies. For, to synergies? And you send them a little like friend request basically. And they're like, oh, hell yeah. And then they get the job. And uh, and and then you you know you guys you you guys do good business together. Uh, they they're just they're so great at helping you f- fill those holes in your heart and your business roster. And they have a great website that lets you do all that. So see for yourself. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash M-Y-B-R-O-T-H-E-R. That's my brother. To try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash my brother. Speaking of business and websites, I also am here to tell you about Squarespace. Squarespace is the place that lets you build the beautiful websites to do whatever the heck you want it to do. You can showcase your work on these websites. You can sell products and services of all kinds. You can promote your physical or online businesses and more. What's and more? I don't know. Flash games? I don't even know if if you can even do Flash on the internet still. But if so, you can probably make a game where... Um, like stickmen have very violent fights to each other. 
you've got beautiful customizable templates. Those haven't gone away. Uh, and they were created by some real schmuck nobodies. Just kidding. World-class designers made them. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. They got analytics to help you grow in real time. And uh, hey, they got free and secure hosting. So no, you know, red-pilled matrix dudes are going to jack into your shit. Um, so go to squarespace.com slash mybrother for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code MYBROTHER to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace, build it. Beautiful. couple of announcements. We got a pin of the month. And the pin of the month is for work of fart. And um, that one that one slipped through my dragnet. Usually, you know, if there's a piece of merch coming down the pipe, then I'm like, that's this isn't fancy, elegant, like adult way, like adult kit. Um, then I will. You know, I have veto power. But this one, I was, you know, I, I was playing a lot of Final Fantasy 14. I was busy and I didn't even see it. And, it. and then I looked on our website and it said work of fart right there. And I went to I went to Travis and I went to Sarah, our, our merch uh, designer, and I was like, "Hey, um, what what's up?" And they were like, "It's it's really funny." And then I looked at it, and you know what? They were right. And so then I learned a little something about myself. And guess what? Work of fart. Uh, the pin it uh, sales for that benefit one tree planted, which is dedicated to making it easier for individuals and businesses to give back to the environment, create a healthier climate, protect biodiversity, and help reforestation efforts around the world. And I'm sure they're stoked that Travis's ongoing fart joke is helping to put trees in the world. Man, life has gotten so complicated, hasn't it? We also have pixel art stickers of our faces. You can buy them individually or you can buy them all as a set. And if you buy them individually, we will know and we'll know which ones get the least sales. And then that that brother's going to feel pretty bad about themselves. So just get the set, please. Um, and hey, we got the new music video from Montaigne for our new theme song, My Life is Better with You. Uh, you can find it at bit.ly slash Montaigne Mabimbam. That's M-O-N-T-A-I-G-N-E-M-B-M-B-A-M. Uh, that came out on Friday. It's so good. We're really, uh, we're really happy with it. Oh, and the whole song is out there now, too. You've only heard the first verse and I guess the ending, but there's a middle part that you're just going to go wild for. Um, that's it. Uh, enjoy the rest of the, the bros better. We'll be back with a new episode next week. Uh, until then, uh, arrivederci. From the internationally acclaimed creators of Who Shot Ya comes the movie podcast Maximum Film. Starring producer and film festival programmer Drea Clark as a woman bound by passion. I saw this eight months ago on the festival circuit. And I loved it. Film critic Alonzo Duralde as a man corrupted by greed. Why watch one Hallmark Christmas movie when I can watch seven? And comedian Ifiwadiwe as a man protecting a love that society simply won't accept. I think Pacific Rim is a perfect movie. And if you can't accept that, then I want you out of my life. From the makers of the movie podcast, Who Shot Ya? comes Maximum Film. That's right. We changed the name of our show to Maximum Film. But don't worry. We're still a movie review show that isn't just a bunch of straight white dudes. So tune in to Maximum Film at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. How about a Yahoo? Hit me. Song sent in by Drew Davenport. Thank you, Drew. Test by Yahoo Answers user D's, who asks, Best battle ever? Takes place in the same area that Goku fought Vegeta the first time. Mm-hmm. So not, not their final battle. We're talking about the first... Right. Where the the first one? The premier Goku v. Vegeta. Where, where gotcha. The first time Goku fought Vegeta. Okay, got it. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so this is in the religion and spirituality section. Obviously. So we're talking about Jeremiah, the the prophet, the weeping prophet. You know him. You might know him from Kings. Um, 50-foot robot Jeremiah with laser eyes and the mobility of 810. Ability to fly, but only for three minutes before a charge-up of five minutes. Low-class shields and five rockets. Machine gun, 200 bullets a mag, one-minute reload time, and unlimited mags. Versus... 
Uh-huh. 75-foot Alan Rickman with tentacles for arms and beefy legs, mobility of 5 out of 10, and mid-class shields. Machine gun fire from suckers and tentacles, reload and mag size, the same as above, unlimited mags, and mouth laser, equivalent to three eye lasers. Added bonus that he can jump 200 feet higher than Jeremiah can fly, but can also smash the ground with the power of three missiles, but can only do it twice or his shields will break. Jesus, such a good question. It's a really tough one. You got Jeremiah in one corner, author of First and Second Kings. <laughs> Do you think, wait, is it possible that by Jeremiah they mean Jeremy Irons? No, they mean Jeremiah, <laughs> creator of that joint hit, Lamentations. Because I would love to see a battle between giant Jeremy Irons no, and no. Alan Rickman. I don't get the connection between Jeremiah and Alan Rickman. This person needed to put this question somewhere. Religion and spirituality, I imagine, is a pretty good place for, like, getting answers on your Yahoo mysteries. Um, so he had to get some Bible shit in there somewhere. We got Jeremiah. Do you need the stats again? 50 feet Jeremiah. He's 8 out of 10 speed. That's pretty fast. He can fly, but only for three minutes, well, and he has to charge up for five. So it's not like an unlimited thing. Alan Rickman can't fly. He does have tentacle machine gun arms. He can <laughs> jump super high, though, and when he pounds the ground, it has the strength of three missiles. Can't do that more than twice, so, or his shields will break, though. Can they well, call him? One thing I know about Jeremiah, mm-hmm. it's that he was a bullfrog. Don't. No, come on. And he was a good friend of Justin. Mine. Start but talking. I think that the can problem they call is, it? Can they call in uh, uh, reinforcements? Can Jeremiah call in another biblical prophet? Can Jeremiah call in like uh, Matthew or Mark or Luke and Alan Rickman can call it? I don't know, like Jason Isaacs, Janine Garofalo. <laughs> Jason, hello, Jason Isaacs. Join me. Take one of my tentacle arms, dislodge it from my body, and use it to defend yourself. So your problem with this question is that there's not enough specificity in the powers (laughs) that have been allotted to Jeremiah the Biblical prophet and Alan Rickman, who was right. I'm saying they are they still human, or is this like a Mecha, like Voltron, Ultraman? We might be looking at an Ultraman scenario. So robotic cyber Alan Rickman. I think in this situation, Jeremiah is is Ultraman. And I think okay, gotcha. Alan Rickman might be the the kaiju. Gotcha. I'm going to have to go Alan Rickman every time. He does. He has a significant height advantage. Mm-hmm. He's slower. And that's, I think, the only thing that Jeremiah has going from That extra three points of speed. It's going to fucking count on the battlefield. But he can, he can jump and hit the ground with the power of three missiles. That's true, but Jeremiah has five rockets. So you throw, you throw Alan Rickman in the air, you're basically like skeet shooting at that point. You get, and you think you think Alan Rickman's about to win, but Je- then Jeremiah finds the locket that Alan Rickman bought for his secretary in his mm-hmm. coat pocket, and he gets so pissed. He off. gets fucking angry, and then he turns around, turns the whole battle around, and mm-hmm. Jeremiah brings him down. And um, then Jeremiah reaches behind between his shoulder blades and pulls the gun that he had duct taped there and shoots Alan Rickman. Well, Alan Rickman he didn't do that. Falls out the window. Oh, what? he did do that. No, yeah, you're right. Um... No, that was in Lamentations. That was in Lamentations 5-6. Yippee-ki-yay, Holy Father. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all want a Yahoo Answer? Yeah, I'm into that. Uh, This Yahoo Answer was sent in by Alan Black. Thank you, Alan Black. Uh, Very prolific contributor. So that's by Yahoo Answers user SlickNinja360, who asks... Be good. Should be pretty good. Would it be illegal to go into the middle of a forest and build a maze, forcing people to traverse it upon entry? <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess that's pretty good. Upon entry, the entrance would close. It would have spikes on the wall's tops to keep them from escaping. I was also thinking of having booby traps and things like that. Once they find the exit, they could leave. I don't know about illegal, but logistically, it seems like an yeah. issue. Yeah, you're going to have to have some Is fucking... Is it a motorized gate or yeah. like a magical it grows it's over when they walk through? It's going to be a fucking Pan's Labyrinth I, Magic Moss. I will say, if we can't fix gun laws, but we have been thorough enough to figure out our forest maze laws, <laughs> I'm going to be very disappointed in our nation. If you... if. If you own the land, and this is troubling because I'm agreeing with the Top Yahoo uh, response to this, but if you own the land, you can build a maze wherever the fuck you want. I don't know that you can corral people into that's, it. That's, that's where you run into, 
You can leave a trail of peppermints. There's yeah. no guarantee. This is the beautiful thing about it. If you force people to do it, highly illegal. Yeah. If you offer people the opportunity do to do it, highly my, profitable. Yeah. Do you want right. to? I can't like. I, I I just bought a house and I feel like I have total agency over it. I do not think I can invite friends in and then lock the door and then swallow the key and say I will let you out as soon as you solve my puzzle of flesh. <laughs> and then I would show them my flesh puzzle. Here, here's the funny thing about luring. Wait, real I would quick. bet is the flesh puzzle your genitals? <laughs> That's my balls. Yeah. Okay, it's your balls. I would bet that eighty to ninety percent of the people in this room, if you stumbled upon what you were guaranteed to be a solvable forest maze. That would risk- lock you in, and you would, you would fucking die if you couldn't solve it. If. That's a big if, Griffin. How many of you would say, all right. Yeah, I'll tackle this bitch. This what? is everything I've ever trained for. Yeah, Every, this is what everybody raise your hand. Beyond, if you stumbled upon a Pan's Labyrinth, this is you serious. would not... Okay, there's a lot of people okay, not raising you their hands. You would risk your... Lo- all those years of playing Professor Layton games are finally going to pay off. You're going to solve this shit. What um what would lure you into okay what would lure me into a forest maze the uh, seeing the opening of a fucking forest maze <laughs> right you got to what if it's risking your life though i don't want you know what the fourth verse of tim mcgraw's live like you were dying <laughs> directly references i went into every forest maze i saw i think i heard a pan flute beckoning me in <laughs> But there was gold doubloons at the end. Spike traps weren't scared me away. Have you ever heard that song? Have you ever heard the song? <laughs> I'm not great with melodies. That's actually, I was singing the harmony. I thought someone would join in. Dear brothers, ice cream trucks never pass where I live, ever. Oh, so sorry. <laughs> this is a problem, all right? Ice truck... Ice cream trucks never pass where I live, ever. Today, I heard one outside, and I booked it out the door. He was driving away from me, but I finally caught up with him. Well done. Good work. When those, I bought- things, those things don't drive especially fast, if I remember <laughs> yeah, correctly, you know, but still kudos to you, I suppose. Faster than human land speed. I you, guess. You earned your dilly bar. Uh, when I bought my... I- How old am I? How, when I bought my ice cream, the ice cream guy just gave me this incredulous face and seemed to be annoyed that a 20-ish-year-old... Would be so excited. What's your, you know your age, right? I'm guessing. Yeah, but like I just left on a doorstep. He's it's good storytelling. He's not like uh, uh, forcing omnipotence and omniscience onto uh, the ice cream truck driver. Uh, 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 would be so excited about an ice cream truck. Am I too old to be excited about ice cream trucks, or was the ice cream guy just a downer? And that's from Vexed in Ventura. Question for you, audience. Vexed in Ventura, are you here? Hey, welcome. Hey. Um, how, if you're an ice cream driver and it's 2014 and you're in LA, how good is business that you can fucking get judgy on people? I don't know. It feels like you should go, do you want anything else? Yeah. Please? That, let's, here, please. let's do a quick Also, can you think of anything else cold that I could sell? Because I'm dying I'm here. I'm fucking broke. Out. Let's do a quick poll of the audience. This is interesting. In the last, let's say, three months. Has anybody seen an ice cream truck that was stationary and selling its product to anybody? Just a quick show of hands, stationary. Okay, more than I thought. Better I, question. Better question. And I'll be the first to admit that no. I fucked up with my judgment. I haven't seen a stationary ice cream. Every time it's just like slowly crawling at five miles an hour, it's like, Any, anybody? And I'm not talking, by the way, I want to clarify, I'm not talking about a food truck. No, no, no. Ice, you know what I'm talking ice, about. Ice cream. I'm not talking about artisanal, like, it's got avocados in it. And That's what you sound like, food truck drivers, I guess. I don't know what the ice cream truck uh, like environment is like here, but I know what it's like in Cincinnati. When you see said ice cream trucks, is the paint peeling and the picture's faded, and it looks like they just killed and sometimes they've got, And sometimes they've got like Pikachu on it, and it's like, hey, guys, um, let me just like call Nintendo real quick. Yeah, you didn't like go through the right fucking channels to get... Fucking Pikachu to sell your iced wares? I would I would feel uncomfortable. And only because I would be so worried that I would come up from Vector A yeah. and sort of like in my periphery out of nowhere would be a kid on Vector B and we would 
arrive at the same time. And you would force the issue, like, I was here first. Uh, you know, I was here first, right? Hold I would, on. I we just, got, sorry, would, gents, we got one push pop left. Looks would, like you're going to have to wrestle for it. Sweet. I would just, you're really little and I'm really big. <laughs> you just want to give it to me? <laughs> I, would t- I would grab their head and just push it below the window so the guy couldn't see them until I was done <laughs> purchasing my novelties. Have you guys noticed that the only people on fucking earth that call them novelties at the grocery store? They used to confuse the hell out of me when I was a kid. What's a novel? Just say ice cream shit. We all know what you're talking about. <laughs> you don't have to get fucking fancy, Kroger. So you guys want Yahoo? Absolutely. So Yahoo was, um, so Yahoo was sent in by uh, a man named Drew Davenport. A legend, one might say. Thank you, Drew. It's by Yahoo Answers user Pineapple Lifesaver who asks... Why do so many people buy Lunchables? You could put your own together for a lot cheaper. Just put some meat, cheese, and crackers in a Gladware container. Uh, well, fucking thanks, it's Einstein. Update. It's not cheaper, though, for the tiny handful of food that you get, even at $1. They're using the cheapest quality of ingredients. Buying some cheap turkey, American singles, and Ritz saltines will give you the same amount of 10 or more Lunchables for half the cost. Holy shit, that can't possibly be right. <laughs> All right, first off, blasphemy. They're saying Not 10 or more Lunchables for half the cost. Uh-huh. We're talking about 20 fucking homemade Lunchables per Lunchable proper. That's well, a lot of margin. Has anyone ever bought a Lunchable thinking, I am I'm a thrifty consumer. This is... yeah. Doing you're not, you are neither a thrifty, you're not fiscally smart, you are not making a good nutritional decision. You are basically just saying, I, I, I'm a piece of shit. Well, it's um, one of two things. Either you're saying, like, I'm a piece of shit, or you're saying, like, you know what? I'm going to little kid treat myself. Hey, eight-year-old Travis, who only wanted Lunchables all the time, but his mom packed him, like, actual sandwiches and apples and stuff because she cared for him. But at the time, he would look around at the other kids who ate Lunchables and think, what fun lives are they leading? If only I was more of a Lunchables-type kid, but I wasn't. So maybe 25-year-old Travis buys 8-year-old Travis a Lunchable and sends it back to him through his tummy. (laughs) (laughs) We've got to go back. Can an adult adult not just enjoy a motherfucking Lunchable, though, without those auspices? I like I, I, I. You guys are throwing a lot of shade at Lunchables right now. I knew we. I knew we love horses on this podcast, but I did not know we love high horses quite so much. <laughs> it, but are Lunchables not the same? Like I put them in the same category as uh, the Hot Pocket, you the Toaster are. Strudel. Yeah, it's a fucked up Venn diagram. You just weaved. A Hot Pocket's a lot of work. You got to push the buttons and and a lot of fiddling. But let's a, lunch, let's, a Lunchable, you have to construct your own. They don't just hand you a package. That's customizable. Kids love that. Mm, let's, um, no, we're getting away from the fucking heart of the matter, um, and I want to get us back to it. And now, okay, if you want to fucking time travel, I'm eight years old. I roll up to school. I bust out a Gladware <laughs> DIY. It's a... It's a Lunchable. Maybe you've written Lunchable on it, but you spelled it differently to avoid. Griffin, what the fuck is that? It's it's a it's a Munchable. It's a what? <laughs> a Munchable, Dad? My dad made it for me, and he said it's just as good. And what are you? Stop it! I'm literally gonna cry. I'm literally gonna. What are you sad. all eating? Uh, we're eating Lunchables. That uh, <laughs> they're brand name Lunchables that our rich parents got us at the store. What was yours called? Munchables. What's in it? Um, looks Love? like some. Looks like I got some oyster crackers and a nice note. <laughs> and I, it seem, what seems to be a hair. Uh, it looks like a hair. I'm, this is one of my. This um, is one of my new dad Jerry's hairs. It seems, the the container smells like salami because it used to have salami in it. <laughs> that's how we got it. We can't afford to buy Gladware either. We're just reusing the old containers. Can he, is this a? Can I rock Munchables in the modern workplace? If I roll up and I have a fucking Gladware container and I've written Munchables on there in a sharpie and maybe some of the letters are backwards, uh, just to like really drive it home. And uh, I'm just like Jerry from accounting walks in and he's like, "What are you eating there?" I say, "Oh, Munchables." Uh, and I, <laughs> Wait, what? No, wait, hold on. And I prefer that voice worked for the eight year old. Yeah, I prefer a fucking snack cracker tower and I eat it from the top down like a T Rex. <laughs> Uh, am I okay? Am I good? I think, I, I think, I think if you, if I got to watch you do that, just make a huge stack of crackers and cheese and meat, and then just deep throat it, just put your head at the top and just keep jamming <laughs> until it's all gone. <laughs> oh, oh, 
Munchables. These what these are Munchables. Yeah, I'll make you some. I'll bring some in tomorrow. No the problem. weird thing is, is, it's like a the sadness is greater than the sum of its parts. Because if you just brought in like a, a container with crackers, a, a separate container with cheese slices, and a separate container <laughs> well, with yeah, like, some Travis. Munchies, but that's not weird to me. But you put it all in the same container and transport it that way. And of it's course. like 100% sadder. Of course, context is important in this situation. If I eat crackers and then in another room I eat some lunch meat, it's not going to be a thing. But if I try to give it my own DIY fucking Pinterest branding, then we have a situation. All right. I, this is an interesting question for you about Lunchables. If you go to a party, let's say, where there are crackers and cheese and little pieces of meat, I don't think there's a number of those things that you would eat, at which point you would say, well, I've had lunch now. <laughs> <laughs> Me? Hmm. Did you have lunch? Yes, I did. Well, you guys are... I, you're, I grazed here. You guys are... And now I've had lunch. Limiting your scope to the fucking snack cracker lunchable um, box set. There was a lot, there was a lot more uh, variety in there uh, for, for our dirty North American bento boxes, uh, essentially is what we're talking about. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you guys ever sampled the pizza, which was oh my god, which is pizza Griffin, but cold. Um, I can I have very clear memories of watching uh, uh, an adjacent rich kid eat the pizza lunchable and being physically repulsed at the idea mm-hmm. of eating co- all of it cold. It, and they would call it pizza, and it turned my stomach. Well, let me take more. you. Let me take you down the oubliette. Um, to even further uh, just peer into the darkness with me and we'll talk about the definition of the word soft taco uh, <laughs> because Lunchables also had that uh, that game. It uh, wasn't especially on point because you had uh, a round thing. It was the pizza crust It was the again. fucking pizza crust. And then they had a, a cold, essentially giant ketchup packet, but instead of ketchup, it was ground meat Question mark? <laughs> I don't know meat how you would recreate. Meat was a uh, meat was uh, uh, in quotation marks. It was also an acronym. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, was, uh, it was bad news bears. I don't know how you would recreate that for the Munchables um, brand, but I think that there is a lot of opportunity in there. We could probably get some vegan free option. Vegan free, gluten free. No vegans. No vegans allowed. I think all Munchables are inherently vegan free. Anyway, this person has a great point. I'm going to take this to Shark Tank. Thank you, Yahoo. Griffin, hit me. This final Yahoo answer was sent in by, mm, let me think about it, Drew Davenport. Yeah! It's in the Arts and Humanities section. It's asked by Moniz, who asks, who was John Candy? What did he do? Why is he important? My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Travis I'm Griffin McElroy. This has been my brother, my brother, me. Kiss your dad square on the lips. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.